Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. Don't you just love the sounds of nature? The birds, uh, a babbling brook, the wind rustling through the trees, maybe a little animal, as long as it's not a big scary animal, but like a little animal, a cute one that like scurries. Um, I, I love that stuff. And living here in the city, I live two blocks away from here, I, I probably don't get enough of, of that kind of sound. Um, we, we don't... Oh, here it is. It's nice. It's nice, right? It's, hard, it's actually hard to get that kind of noise um, in the world. Uh, 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 there's a, uh, a sound engineer named Bernie Krause, and he started recording nature sounds. That's his job. He records, you know, those like you get to hear a whole hour of uninterrupted nature sounds like you can get on Spotify or something like that. Um, he, he would record that. And he said when he started in 1968 recording nature sounds, um, he would have to record for 15 hours to get one hour of pure, uninterrupted by human activity nature sounds. Today, when he tries to do that same recording, he has to record for 2,000 hours in order to get one solid hour of nature sounds. So if you think the world is getting noisier, it is. There's something actually going on there. There's just a lot of sound out there, and it's getting louder and, 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 and louder. And there's a lot of things that add to the noise out there. There's, you know, the sound of the cars as they go by. My family went for a walk the other night, and I was like, this would, this would be so quiet and nice without the sound of cars rushing by all the time. The, the sound of the cars, an airplane flying overhead, a train off in the distance. As I wrote this message, um, as I was writing this message, I was sitting there typing on my keyboard, uh, working on this, and I could hear the sound of construction at a house, a couple houses over. It's like this constant banging of a hammer bam, 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 and I'm like, oh, would somebody make that stop? You know, like the constant noise. Even, even in the moments when you try to get silent, there's, it's not really silent. I mean, electricity, right? There's a buzz in the room right now. There's always noise around us, and it, it can be very difficult to get a, a calm moment. But you, but you can sort of go like, man, who needs silence? We don't need that anyway. I like the noise. I like the entertainment. I like the buzz, the busyness. But actually, our bodies need the silence, and we're having a hard time getting it. Uh, there's an article written by a, 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 a lady named Bianca Bosker. She wrote for The Atlantic, and the article is called Why Everything is Getting Louder. And I read the whole thing. At, so I read an Atlantic article, guys, so I did you the favor because they're long. Uh, and so I, I did it for you. Let me just give you one quote out of it that I thought was pretty good. She says this, Scientists have known for decades that noise even at the seemingly innocuous volume of car traffic, is bad for us. Calling noise a nuisance is like calling smog an inconvenience. Former U.S. Surgeon General William Stewart said in 1978, in the years since, numerous studies have only underscored his assertion that noise must be considered a hazard to the health of people everywhere. Say you're trying to fall asleep. You guys will relate to this, right? You may think you've tuned out the grumble of trucks downshifting outside, but your body has not. 
Your adrenal glands are pumping stress hormones. Your blood pressure and heart rate are rising. Your digestion is slowing down. Your brain continues to process sounds while you snooze. And your blood pressure spikes in response to clatter as low as 33 decibels, which is slightly louder than a purring cat. It's also why I don't have cats. All that goes on while you're just trying to sleep, right? The noise, sound, um, it has an effect on us. We need, we could all use a little less noise and a little more silence. Why do we need silence? Well, it gives us space. It gives us space to, to think, to declutter our, our brains. It gives us space to contemplate. It gives us space, I use this phrase, uh, to develop a rich interior world. And I use it sort of jokingly sometimes with my family. Like if, if the Wi-Fi goes down or if we're stuck in line somewhere, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like just stand here and develop a rich interior world? Like, no, nah, it's lame. I want to like interact with something, you know. Uh, silence gives us the space to do these things, to, to, to think about our lives, to think about the decisions that we're, that we're making, to, to make some better decisions, to solve some problems, to rest. There's a reason Jesus, who I would argue lived in a much less noisy world than we live in, there's a reason even he got up early to pray and be alone and get quiet and seek out silence before his heavenly father. He understood that our body needs it and our soul needs it. So here's the truth. We all need silence, and you will not get silence on accident. You have to want it, and you have to go get it. You have to have an intention for silence. And and I want to talk about that today, the idea of intention as as we go into this Advent season. This is especially important during this time of year because this is a noisy time of year. In addition to all that regular noise throughout the year, it feels like the Advent season is just packed with extra noise. It's got parties and, you know, I don't know, the sound of people eating cookies or something. I don't know, clanging glasses, right? Like, it's got all of that stuff. It's got the guy ringing the bell in front of the Kroger, you know? It's got that music that plays over the loudspeaker. It's got the kids who are crying and all of the things. It is just extra noisy this time of year. And if we are going to have a silent moment, if we're going to get quiet, if we're going to focus on Jesus, who is the, the legit reason for this entire season that we're in, if we're going to focus on that, we're going to have to be intentional to get some quiet, to get some silence. Um, I want to take us to the scriptures to look at this. We, we're, we're talking about, for these four weeks, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, leading up to Christmas. Because we think about the night Jesus was born, and we think about that, oh, it's a silent night, it's a holy night. I don't know how silent it was, but, but even before we get to that point of Jesus being born, the scriptures give us a lot of indication of what the lead up to that was like. And I want us to see something today about intention, and especially I want us to see it from uh, Jesus' mother, Mary. So I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 1. The, the story of Jesus being born is told in Luke 1 and in Matthew. Um, and so you've got these two accounts, these two gospel accounts about the, the, lead, the time leading up to Jesus being born. Luke 1, verse 26, we'll start there, and I'll read it to you. We're just going to go right through it. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. 
All right, Luke, the author of this, gives us a little timestamp here. He says, in the sixth month, and he gives us a particular location. This is a city around Galilee named Nazareth. That, is, that was a city then. It is still a city now. If you go there now, it's quite a nice city, actually. Um, and and he, we are told, in the sixth month, this time of year, a particular time of year, not Christmas, but before that, right? Uh, there, there's... Uh, an angel is sent, and an angel is given a name, it's Gabriel, and is sent to visit Mary, which tells us this idea that angels are these spiritual celestial beings, but angels have to, have to or, or will travel through time and space in a way that's similar to we, we do. He, he was sent to a particular location. And so this angel was sent to Mary. Uh, verse 28, we'll pick it up there. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So he says, this angel shows up and says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is, you know, the Lord is pleased with you. Um, And it says she's troubled by the saying, um, which is weird, right? Like she's troubled by the fact that she's favored by God. I don't know that that would trouble me. I think an angel appearing would trouble me. And no matter what they said next, it would trouble me. I would be at minimum slightly puzzled. <laughs> like what is going on here, right? Well, that's what she's experiencing. She's a little bit terrified. Um, and, and I've told you this before, when angels show up, the thing they always tell people is calm down. Don't freak out. Don't be afraid. So this is what he tells her. Verse 30. Listen to what he says. Um, And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Think about the news Mary gets in this moment. You're going to be pregnant. You're, and by the way, God has blessed you. He's, he sees you. He notices you. You're going to be pregnant. Um, and this kid's going to be amazing. And he's going to somehow reign, like, like he's going to reign over the house of Jacob. So that's like her family lineage, like the, the people of Israel. He's going to reign over that. So he's like a, a king. He's going to be the son of the Most High. She, she would have connected like the Lord, like the Lord. This is the son of God here, um, of his, the reign of his kingdom. There will be no end. This is, un, this is a very unusual message for her to get, right? Like, what? My kid's going to, I thought he was just going to be like good at baseball or something. But you're telling me he's going to like rule over all the people? Like, that's kind of a cool message to hear about your kid. But it's just so, it's just so odd. I mean, you've got to think Mary has a million questions at that point. He's going to rule over what? How? This is going to be God's son? What do you mean? You're telling me I'm going to be pregnant? Like, what, what is happening here? There's so many questions. But Mary asks the very obvious question, right? Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Okay, she's young, but she wasn't born yesterday. She knows where babies come from, and she's like, okay, just time out. Cool about the, the kingdom that will reign forever, the house of Jacob and the son of the most high. There's a problem here with your plan. I, I, had, I didn't sleep with Joseph. We have, this is not, we've not done this. How, how is this going to happen? Listen, the answer she's given, verse 35. And the angel answered her, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Okay, there's some comfort in that answer, right? But not much. Hey, how's this going to work? How am I going to get pregnant? I haven't slept with Joseph. And the answer is, well, the Holy Spirit's going to, like, overshadow you. Uh, what? Like, don't you have a million more questions at this point? Like, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit um, is going gonna, is gonna to do what? And, 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 then you're, and then he sort of proves it, like, well, your cousin, she couldn't have a kid, but now she's having a kid. Like, you should, you should know that. Like, it is really bizarre. I think the angel's overall point is, without getting into too many details, the overall point is, God will do this, and it's going to be okay. It's, it's, it's going to work out. And what's extraordinary about Mary in this is her response to the angel, and it's the thing I want us to focus on today. Because there are lots of questions for a teenage girl who's probably frightened, who's confused, there's so many questions she would want to ask about, about this whole plan. And I bet you could think of them. I mean, the next verse is going to say exactly what her response is to the angel when he says that to her. But what would your response be? I was trying to think of, if I was Mary, how I might reply in this situation. Here's a couple examples. And Mary replied, hey, yo, this is nuts. <laughs> right? It's fair. And Mary spake unto him, Find someone else for this little scheme, right? And Mary told the angel, this is a terrible plan. Go away. And Mary replied, my mom is going to kill me. <laughs> Any of those would be great for verse 38. And we would buy it. We would be like, yep, that checks out. That is exactly how you would respond in this situation. But listen to how Mary actually responds. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Notice she starts with an affirmation of her identity and her relationships. She says, look, okay, I am a servant of the Lord. She understands her identity. She knows who she is. She knows who she came from, where she came from. She knows her people. She knows her religious upbringing. She knows her culture, her tradition. She knows where she sits in, in amongst her people. She's not confused. She's not angsty about it. She's like, okay, I am, this is who I am, my identity, at my core, I am a servant of the Lord. I think there's tremendous value in knowing who you are and knowing where you fit in the world. And, and, and Mary has that. And I, and I, I see that in our culture today in, in 2022, that we, we struggle to know who we are. We struggle to know where we fit into the world. And, we, and we, tell, we tell young people that who you are and where you fit in is totally up to you. And we, we act as if the world has no meaning baked into it and that they can just decide everything all on their own all the way up. And I think that's a mistake. The world has meaning baked into it. There is something going on. We are part of something. We're not the first people to show up. We are entering a story. And when we understand that and we get it and we realize who I am among all the things I might be, whether it's a, a dad or a husband or all the other roles that I might play in life, at my core, I am a child of God. I'm one of his. 
That's, that's my core identity. I start there, and then everything else flows from that. Um, but we are living in a world where we tell people there's no meaning, there's no purpose, there's no, there's no inherent meaning in anything, and then we're surprised when people are upset and anxious and depressed. We need to have that solid thing that Mary has here of this is who I am, this is the relationships that I'm, I'm in at my core. So when there's an economic downturn or a virus or some sort of craziness, we aren't so thrown by that. Who you are at your core matters, and you're not going to find out who you are at your core just by taking another personality test or doing just a little more introspection. You're going you're to find it out by understanding who you are in relationship to God, that you are his child. So Mary starts there. She starts with, I belong to God. And then I want you to notice how she sets it up from there. Mary sets her intention of how the rest of the experience will go. She says, may it be to me like you say. Basically, she says, this is wild, but I am in. All the questions, all the, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm not sure what people are going to say when they find out I'm pregnant. I don't even know what Joseph's about to say when he finds out that I'm pregnant. My fiance's not going to buy this. My mom's going to be upset. All the people in the village are going to talk about me. That's just the pregnancy problem. And then there's giving birth. And then there's, after that, raising this child who you say is going to be all these things. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. She doesn't know that he's going to grow up to be the savior of the world. She doesn't know that she's going to have to watch him die in front of her on the cross while everybody hates him. Like, think of all the heartache that Mary is going to have in the next 30, 30 plus years. But all she says here in this moment is, okay, may it be to me like you say. She sets her intention and says, I'm, I'm in. And that decision that she makes, that intention, frames the entire experience. Um, her, 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 her life is changed, not by her choice, but her life is now changed. And the way she's going to show up from here forward, she decides in this moment. And I think there's tremendous value when we are intentional like this. The, her attitude here is the determining factor for how the whole pregnancy and the experience of Jesus will be. She says it right up front, I want this to work. Um, and so her, her intentionality here drives the experience. So let's take that concept to our Advent series se- season here for a moment. This is a busy season. You have family and friends and getting together with people and all gift giving and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, there's lots of noise. This might be the worst time of year to try to find silence. But I think it can be found. We're just going to need some of the intentionality that, that, that Mary had here. Two points and then we're done. Number one, intention is not the same thing as desire. We have to have intention, not just desire. Desire is, I want this to work out. Intention is, I'm going to put a plan in place so that this works out. Um, And this is true of lots of things in life. Desire is, I want to lose 20 pounds. Intention is, here's the plan I'm putting in place to do so. Desire is, I want to make more money next year. Intention is, here are the things I'm going to go do to increase my earning potential. Like, those are different things. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite theologians, writers, thinkers, philosophers, he talks about disciples of Jesus need these three things. And I would say these three 
elements are, are true for disciples of Jesus, but they're true for anybody who wants to change transformation in any way. You need these things. He says, V-I-M, vision, intention, and means. Vision, you have to have a, 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 a clear picture of this is where I'm trying to go. Intention, you have to say, I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to go there. I'm going to make a plan. And then means, you have to have some tools or some, some processes in place that will actually help you fulfill the plan. That is true of following Jesus. And that is true of any transformation sort of change goal that you might have in, in mind. And it is also true of silence and getting silence in this Advent season. If you want it, you're going to need to have a plan in place to get it. You may desire more silence, more quiet in your life. Um, and I don't actually think that's a personality thing. Some of you are introverts. You're like, this is my jam right here. Yes, let's talk more about the quiet. And let, maybe, Chris, could you tell everyone to shut up just a little bit? So it, but it's not that. I, I test out, I always test out as an extrovert on those kind of tests. Um, and I need this. I desire the silence. I desire the the unplugging, I just think it's a, it's a human thing. Our bodies need it. Our bodies want it. Um, so you can sit here and say, I really, I really want to do the not consumer crazy Advent thing leading up till Christmas. I don't want to do the consumerist thing. Um, I, I really want that. But wanting that and intending that to happen are actually different things. And that brings me to my second point. Intention involves a decision. You have to make a decision. Wanting something is a wish. Intending something is a plan. Um, I, uh, I have, over the years, wanted to do several things um, related to, mostly related to my mental health, spiritual health, physical health. Um, I've set goals and, you know, I get beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to read 20 books this year, and I'm going to, you know, I, I set these things in my life. Um, but here's the thing that I've actually found to work towards any of those goals. Um, I track what I do each day, and I make little X's and little boxes for what I'm doing. So let me just, let me just tell you how it works for me. You could do this differently. Let me just give you a suggestion. You could, you could try this. Um, there are five things I've chosen. I've tried more like eight, but eight is overwhelming in any one given day. So I've got five things that I try to do every day. They are, these are my five, you can pick your five. Read the Bible. Read scripture. I know so many people say, man, I really want to read the Bible more. Here's an idea. Track it and put little X's on a little calendar every time you do. So I have a journal. I track it. Read the Bible every day. Doesn't have to be a lot, a paragraph, a, a, a chapter, something like that. Read that every day. Little X, I did that today. I can see very quickly and visually, did I do this or not? Secondly, pray. Pray a minute, five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Pray to God and ask him to speak to me. I track that. I want to do it, but I also have a plan to do it and an intention, and I track it. So read, pray. Uh, read a chapter of a book. So one chapter, I'm reading several books right now. Just I want to knock out a chapter a day. If I do that, I will read more books, and I will learn more and grow from that. Um, uh, a fourth for me is fasting, um, the way I engage or uh, eat or don't eat. Um, I have a plan for that most every day. Uh, last couple of days were not so great, um, but, 
but generally, there's not many X's next to my, the, the fasting one for the last couple of days. Um, but I have a plan, and so I track this. Am I going to eat? When am I going to eat today? At what time do I start eating? Will I eat it all today? Whatever. And so I track that fasting. Did I do that, that today? Um, and then the last one uh, is exercise. So move around, get some exercise of some sort, either going for a run or walk or, or weights or whatever. And so I, those are my five. Um, I wish I had started tracking those things 20 years ago. I've always wanted to do those things. I've always said I want to do those things. But there's a big difference between wanting those things and actually making the plan and tracking it. I have experienced. Um, that, that would be like a life hack I would want to give everybody in this room. Whatever it is you decide that you really want to be and do, track it and do it day after day, and, and the results come over, over the long haul. And so for me, um, this Advent season, I want to be quiet, so I've got to, I've, I want to track that time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read um, and leading up till Christmas. We have an Advent book. We produced uh, several people in the church came together to write it, to write prayers for you for each day. When you leave today, if you didn't pick one up last week, you can pick one up in the lobby. It looks really good, and it starts today, leading from today up till Christmas, of a prayer that you can do each day, and just a little, a little thought there with that, um, around these themes of intention and worship and celebration, different things we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, my encouragement to you is to grab that book and use it as a way to jumpstart some silence. Get some quiet moments to just to just pray a little bit each, each day. Uh, set aside time to get silent before the Lord. Um, if, you, if you want that, if you want that silence, if you want that quiet moment, you're going to have to do more than just wish for it. You're going to have to actually schedule it. That might not be easy, um, but you may have to actually just get it on the calendar. And, and here's a, a bonus tip. You may have to put your phone down to get it because... Even though that thing's quiet, it's still so noisy, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I, I truly believe that if you are intentional for the silence, um, God can speak to you in that moment, and it will be worth it. So many of us fall into this idea of someday. Someday I'll do that. Someday when things slow down. Someday I'll get the quiet. Someday it won't be so crazy. And I'm just not sure that's true. Someday is today. You're just going to have to be intentional and go, and go get it. So my, uh, my hope and prayer is that we get some silence during this coming season and that God speaks to us in, in powerful ways. I, I, think, I think it can happen and I think you'll be glad when it does. Let's pray. God, thank you for the quiet moments. for the peace, for the silence, for the moments we can just listen for your whisper. I pray that we are intentional over the next month to listen, to focus, to not be just sucked into all the sound and the noise around us. Thank you, God, for Mary, who... Um, responds with faith, responds with intention about giving birth to, to your son, Jesus. Um, 
Thank you for the way she sets her attitude, her intention, her desires. Um, she sets all that in place and, and does what you call her to do. Thank you for that. I pray that as a model for us that we're able to learn from that and grow. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.